Welcome to the North Lot Podcast. I am the Chicago Fire Editor at Hot Time and Old Town Ruination. Joining me, as always, is our head honcho, James Bridget Gordon, JB. How are you doing this evening? There are so many haps today. It's it's unreal. And with uh, our third man, RJ, on super secret assignment to Japan without me. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> it's just us two again this week. So let's, yeah, right. let's get I think right. he's on a hunt for Kisuke Honda. It's going to bring him back. We're Please. finally going to sign him. Please. I am anything for Kisuke Honda. Anything. Um, well, let's start. Let's, let's, let's not waste any time here. We've got a lot to talk about uh, today. Uh, first, uh, let's talk about last Saturday's result. Because it was actually a pretty interesting one. Uh, the fire claw their way back a man down uh, to get a draw in their home opener against uh, Orlando City. And, uh, man, I, I, I want to start on the positive. I want to start with Sieges uh, Pong, who I said, I don't know if this was in our pilot or the actual first episode, um, but... This is the CJ Sapong I wanted the fire to sign uh, when they the uh, deal was announced with Philadelphia that they got CJ Sapong. This is like this is twenty. This is classic, you know, twenty eleven Rookie of the Year to twenty fourteen with Sporting Kansas City CJ Sapong, where he's just going to score if he's on the yeah. pitch at some point, and it's so good to see. Um, especially for as nice a guy as we're finding out about CJ Spong about how like good a human being he is uh, now that he's here and that you know he, he's done some stuff uh, on the like charity side already uh, he, he's just he seems like a really good dude and it's so really and it's really good to, to see him have success in, in a red shirt I agree I completely agree um, I you know don't I, I don't know if he's like Earn, I don't. I don't think if he's. I, I'm not sure if he's up for replacing Nico as as our starting striker. But I think having him in the team is good. And I think even if he's he's like a super sub kind of thing, I think he's going to make a real impact. He's already our leading scorer for the season. Um, and you know like you said he's he's an actual decent human being and he does a lot of charity stuff and i think this i think this is a really good signing i mean i was cautiously optimistic about it but now like the cautious part is is gone like i'm i'm excited i'm glad we i'm glad we did this yeah uh, the, and if the two goals wasn't enough he 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 does the job you asked him to like he like I think he wants to play up top as a, as a number nine, but if you need him to fill in on the wing, he did a decent job. You know, he he did some of the defensive stuff you like to see, especially on that side, which we will we'll talk about mm-hmm. in a moment. Uh, but he did some of that. But his hold-up play on the wing was great. His vision and his passing and his runs were really good when he was playing um, on the wing, letting Katai... And uh, Mihailovic sort of take control of the middle while he, you know, was was like the outlet guy on the side, um, on the side uh, of the field there. And it, 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 it the team looks. That's the other thing about you know with like a result like this is like the team looks good enough to get three points. They just 
haven't gotten three points yet. And yeah, yeah, you know. And that's a huge imp- that that at least is an improvement over last year, where you just look at this team on paper and in play for more than like 10, 15, 20 minutes, and you think, where are they going to get points from? How how like how does this team actually like do anything interesting? Um, and we're we've already proved in that respect. So yeah. yeah, we're already in Matt Doyle's top five watchable teams this year, which is something you could not say about last year's. That this team is actually entertaining to watch, and like these games are not chores. Like yeah. it's actually fun to sit down and and watch a fire game this year so far. Who'd have thunk? Right, and it's kind of amazing. Um, I'm still sort of kind of positive about this, despite only having a point in the first two games when you played the team off the park, um, both games, and you only have a point to show for it. That's a little disappointing, sure, but you know, the actual physical watching of the games is is very. Um, it's good. It's very entertaining. It's an entertaining brand of soccer. I, I think we're all in agreement. If the Fire can win games five to three, I mean, a win is a win, and you get to see eight goals. So yeah, you know, let's uh, do this. All right. Uh, the the th- the bad part of that, however, is the uh, giving up three goals in the five to three goals. So let's talk about the back line. Do uh, we have to? Yes, yes, we do. It makes me sad. I don't like being sad. Yes, well, you know, that's the world we live in. It's 2019. But, feel sad. At least you're feeling. Yeah, <laughs> at least you're feeling sad about you know. Feeling like, sad about soccer instead right, of creeping. Back a, right. Um, Johan Koppelhoff. That's the other thing, right? Like I said this in in my what we learned piece today about Johan Koppelhoff, and like, yeah, that was pretty bad what Dom Dwyer did to him. Like, that's like... It's so bad. Like you get, so bad. Yeah, like, if this was, like, the playground, this gets you pointed and laughed at. Like, this is, like, the point and laugh thing. And the other... The problem with that, you know, just writing him off is, like, aside from that, he actually had a really good game, and so did Marcello next to him. Like... This center back pairing might be one of the best center back pairings in the league combined with the worst fullback pairing in the league, which I don't know if that's ever happened before where, like, your center backs are, like, playing at a really good level and just can't do anything because of your fullback ineptitude. I'm not sure I agree with you on the whole best center back pairing in the league. I'm I'm willing to I'm not I'm not going to dismiss it out of hand. Well, we're also two games in. A few more so. games. Yeah, we're two games in. I'm qualifying this with like they might be they have the potential yeah. to be the best Let's center back happens. in the league. We'll see what happens, but like so far aside from that Koppelhoff blunder which is watching it again probably bad. is just a communication thing that'll probably get better cuz like sure his positioning but... was fine and like like I couldn't tell whether Ousted was calling him off or not um so I doubt he could either um so Maybe. so who knows on that front um let's talk about Jorge Corrales 
No, I don't want to. It makes me sad. Uh, he was bad. It was bad. It was bad and sad. It was, it was a it, sad, bad. It was a sad, bad everything. Um, he also got sent off. He got sent off, so he definitely can't play next week. Which ex- right, exactly. Which excites me because he can't play next week. Um, I, I and like I don't know if um, I mean it, they might tack on more games if they decide it was violent conduct. I mean I don't know tackling from behind. Like he got sent off mostly because it was a dog soap, but it was yeah. like it's still a tackle from a two foot tackle from behind. You yeah. could, you know, I have seen players get hit with violent conduct for that retroactively. Sure. So yeah. who knows? We might yeah. not see him for a while. That was just the end to the 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 poop cherry on top of the poop Sunday. Uh, there was some poop. Yeah. Um, I've also seen a lot of, uh, beating up on Diego Campos on the right, which is probably valid. Um, I haven't really sort of, you, that's the other thing is like with how bad Corrales has been, it's like, you kind of ignore Diego Campos and like, he's probably how he likes it. Right. But like, he's out of position a lot. But yeah. he does have the athletic ability to recover, which is saving him somewhat from a lot of ire. Like, he's very good at, at recovering and making tackles when he needs to make tackles. Um, which, you know, is both a positive because you have that athletic ability. But against better teams, you're going to get burned. And we're just sort of waiting for Diego Campos to get burned so we can yell about this, except it's the other side of the field this time. I mean, I like Diego Campos a lot. He's not a defender. No, he's a midfielder. He's he's a four. Well, I mean, I'm a forward actually. I think he's a I think he's a winger. Yeah, that's probably um, yeah more accurate. And I think he needs to be in the four in the the front third of the pitch mm-hmm. and. I mean, I I don't know who he would replace per se, but he you know the back line isn't his home, and I understand why we're having him play there because he just wants minutes and anywhere he can get it, and if that means playing as a defender, then fine. But it's just not working, yeah, and, and I yeah. don't know how you fix that except by him just right. face planning over and over again until yeah. Pano has no choice but to rethink. Sure. And, you know, with the way the fire play um, and just like with the way they attack, you know, having an attacker at right back is not the worst thing. I think that was the best part of Matt Polster's game was going forward. And I think he's trying to... Attacking pullbacks are great. I love them dearly. But, you know, you are... You have to be a defender first. Mm -hmm. You, You are a defender who likes to get forward, not a... If you if you know if you're a defender that likes to get forward, you're going to do great in that role. If you're an attacker that has to play on defense for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you're not. It it doesn't work. No, it really doesn't. Um, and and we're sort of seeing it right now. And it's kind of amazing that they did only give up a goal to Orlando. And the reason they did that. They only gave up a goal. I've got the numbers in front of me. Was again their uh, possession numbers were so good. 
I'm looking mm -hmm. for it here. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, they're to be, yeah. as a caveat, I'm yeah. of the opinion that possession isn't everything, and sure. a lot of a lot of my favorite teams play in such a way that that they do, that they give up a lot of possession and still find ways to win. Sure. Like uh, you know, Jurgen Klopp teams. Yes, like Jurgen Klopp teams, but I think. I, I think the idea – I mean, I, I like teams that keep the ball because I like maximizing uh, your chances. And if you have the ball more often than you don't have the ball, you have a more opportunity to maximize your scoring chances yeah. just because you'll have more of them. And, like, even after the red card, which was at minute 70 or whatever, the fire still had more possession – like they 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 still dominated the game in that way. After the red card, when they were down a player, so yeah, I don't know if that's more. I don't know if that's the fire doing something right and more just the quality of the opposition. Because you know, and we need to keep this in mind whenever we're talking about sure. what the fire did this week is that we have to remember Orlando are bad, sure. like really, really historically bad and you know i it's fine it was fine against um it was fine against them i don't think we can get away with a lot of this stuff against seattle and that's what has me worried sure yeah C seattle's interesting um because yes they beat up on sporting kansas city and they beat colorado who is entertaining but also not the greatest team in the world so this is an interesting game coming up as we sort of transition into it um seattle and the fire both are coming off games against not the greatest opposition we'll say mm -hmm. um they're both they 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 both played against not great teams. So this is really like the first test for both sides as to how good they actually are. Um if the fire managed to play this possession game uh and passing game, like again, the fire had an over eighty percent passing accuracy. Obviously you want that uh a little higher, around eighty five percent probably is a is a, a good passing accuracy number um but at the same time um you know if you can do this against a team like seattle then you're a good team i think yeah um i'm you, just to touch base really quick on your passing accuracy stat i'm really curious to see what it was what their passing accuracy was in the attacking half of the pitch. Uh, 71%. 71. Okay, that's not too bad. I think it could be better, but yeah. that's that's not too bad. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I think, you know, we have three games before we go into the international break, and the one against Seattle is going to be the hardest one. Mm -hmm. And I think that and, – and that's what has me worried because I don't want us to go into the international break without a win. Sure. And it looks like that that might happen because like the, the, the game we the game we should have gotten the win against was Saturday. We should have beaten Orlando yeah. and we couldn't do it. I would I was fine dropping points against LA. Like that's they're bad, but they have Zlatan. I get it. Whatever. 
Um, but we should have been in Orlando. Sure. We didn't do it. Right. And I don't, you know, I'm having trouble seeing how we beat Seattle. And that, you know, and, and I'm really worried that we're going to get through our first three games of the season and head into the international break with one point. Sure. And that's that's going to be a real mindfuck when we come back. Um, so. Yeah. Looking at their lineup, um, I mean, it's it's all going – really, it's all going to uh, – to, like the game hinges on how good uh, Kevin Ladam and Stefan Fry play next week because I'm sort of looking at um, how they lined up against uh, Colorado and it's clear the fire like to attack their opponents left. Um, it's two game they did it a bunch last year. Um, they they did it the first two games this year. They like attacking from the left hand side, and yes, they'll attack down the right if that's where the space is. But they, I feel like they much prefer to attack left and have crosses come in onto Nikolic's right foot. Um, so it, it feels like like that area of the field uh the right side of Seattle's defense to the left side of the Fire's attack is going to be the place to watch next Saturday. Uh yeah, I mean that's that's been, yeah, like you said that's been true since last year and I think a lot of that's just because of Katai. Yeah. Sure. Katai was for for most of the last year Katai was our one good winger. Right. So we had Katai on one side which is usually the left and then the other side was you know, whatever. And now we've got, now now we've got Katai and Frankowski and mm-hmm. Sapon can play out wide if we need it. Um, and sure. so I think I think me I think eventually like that reliance on attacking from the left will sure. become less of a thing, just well, because like Frankowski will start sure. showing his outs more. You know, well, well, it'll open up some options. Sure. Also, to look there is that's the side Jordan Morris plays on, and if you can get Jordan Morris to play defense more than he has to attack, you're generally going to, I, I think, work out better than if you attack. You know, the side, for example, Christian Roldan plays on, which is sort of like left center. Uh, I think the Fire are going to have a tough time going through the middle against Seattle, so it's going to have to be the wings that step up big, I think. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and I also agree with your assessment of Jordan Morris. I like Jordan Morris a lot, but I think you're right that uh, his ability to track back is an issue. Um, or it's maybe not like a huge team-killing issue, but it's definitely something that can be exploited mm-hmm. by a savvy opposition. Sure. And, and if you can get him on a card, he's got to play a little differently. Uh-huh. And then, you know, who knows what can happen. Space opens up for there for, you know, uh, Dax or whatever to to come on in and, and have and put a shot on and, and things. So, yep. Uh, transitioning real quick to something uh, around the league that I think we should talk about. And that's what's happening to Atlanta. Uh, the Frank, <laughs> the, the Frank DeBoer experiment is uh, 
not going particularly well, and uh, the I for one am shocked. Shocked, I tell you, the, to the, find out that Frank Boer is actually a fraud. The panic coming from Atlanta is is the the, the fire Frank DeBoer movement has started. The alarms have been sound sounded, uh, and, and the panic button is real real in the A town. They drew with a FC Cincinnati team that let Seattle Sounders put four past them the week prior. Um, so were they at home too? They were at home. Uh, I believe that was at Mercedes-Benz. Yeah. 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 They, they, let, they let, you know, you, sure, you go down to Monterey midweek and lose like every other, you know, team in North America that has to go to Monterey and lose because uh, Monterey just beats people up at home. And, I mean, uh, look at these teams. Mexican teams just eat up everybody in sure. Champions League. Right. It's it's you know it's where Kalka Cav dreams go to die. Yeah. Get that CCL hashtag CCL fever. It's there. It's start the fever's starting to break. It's mm. time. It's almost time to go back to work. Kalka Cav sweat. Yeah, and you know, and then you you lose to Cincinnati on a really late. It was like an 85th minute score by Roland Lamella. To tie the game in like the in the eighty fifth minute, you know, end of the game, and that's just oh, the Schadenfreude is real. <laughs> it's so bad. And like, didn't uh, didn't DeBoer say something like, um, "Atlanta fans got spoiled last year"? Yeah, and they can't expect, like, oh, that buddy, that's not the thing to say. No, not when you still have Joseph Martinez. No, like one of the most explosive players in the league. Not when you have that guy. It's just not. Yeah. You, you can't. Like no. you mentioned Frank DeBoer being a fraud, and I'm like, yeah, because like, like, how do you screw this up? He found a way. He always finds a way. Is this better? Is this a bigger screw up than Owen Coyle going to Houston? Uh, it's like, up there, certainly. Like, like nothing will touch. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Rude Hullet at LA for like worst European, big time European manager coming to to manage an MLS failure. I don't think yeah. anything can touch that LA Galaxy that 2007 LA Galaxy mess. I mean, certainly um, in MLS. Uh, I mean, NWSL has is rife with these kind of things. I sure. Mean, the, the 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 Washington Spirit just appointed a head coach a few months ago uh, for no reason other than like he coached the owner's kids' team. Sure, but I mean, like big name European coaching names. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know. You know At com- least until Mourinho comes to comes to MLS. I, I, it's going it, to it, happen. Yes, it's going to happen. I actually thought he'd get the U.S. men's national team job before uh. he got the before he got a club job. But I guess, you know, it's working out for Greg Berhalter, so he'll probably come in. What's the team that signs Marie? Who's the team that signs Jose Mourinho to, to manage? Galaxy. I mean, like... I mean, the answer to these kind of things is, like, always a galaxy. So, like, aside from the galaxy, 
I uh, I don't know. Maybe NYCFC. Maybe Atlanta after uh, after Frank yeah, DeBoer. Yeah, because fraud. Yeah, after they replace one fraud with another. See, I don't think Jose Mourinho is a fraud. I think he. I think his success is very real. I don't think he's a fraud. Uh, I mean, maybe at one time he wasn't, but now, no, nah, he's a total fake. <laughs> I mean, sure. Like, I'm a yeah. fake too, but I'm fake in the sense that, like, I'm secretly encrypted. And you also don't, you know, and you also don't claim to be a, a 1% big brain, uh, 1% galaxy brain soccer manager, so. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I I just live in a cave and inspire local folklore. Sure, you are not the special one, no. uh, and neither is Jose Mourinho apparently. Um, so let's dig into the Twitter bag because we have that now. We have a bag we, full of Twitter. We have a bag. Oh, God. We do have a bag is it, full. Is of it Twitter. all of Twitter or is it just like CF ninety seven Twitter? Because if it's CF ninety seven Twitter, I kind of want to return it to the store. Uh, only one of the questions has the hashtag in it. So, uh, so, so, uh, we'll start with that one. Uh, uh, Andrew, uh, Alexuk, who's actually a long time, uh, at least for me, uh, member of the fire community. He did used to do some, he used to, you know, ask me questions when I did my radio show back in 2013, 2014, 2015. Uh, he was also one of my instructors when I went to Columbia College. Yeah, so this is a long-time fire guy. Um, yeah. What is going on with Nemanja Nikolic? No goals in the preseason, no goals in 2019 during the regular season. What's going on? Uh, he had a baby, or his wife had a baby. Uh, and he's been up at 4 a.m. to probably help with taking care of an infant because that's hard work. And you don't so get think, much sleep during the first six months. This is very true. I think that, so I think like some of the, the debate around this is like, is he going through a slump or is this just because he had a kid? I think it could be both. I think that's probably the right answer. Yeah. I, I think like, you know, like obviously like having a, being a new dad is a lot and trying to stay focused on your, you know, playing career is a real challenge and I don't want to, you know, dismiss that. I wonder if he'd be having these problems even without that. Just, I mean, because it happens. Like, yeah. it happens to everyone. Mm -hmm. And and you got to play through it. Yeah, you have to play through it. Um, I think he will get over it eventually. Um, you know, hopefully, it ha hopefully he gets over it soon enough so that, you know, they don't have to entertain the possibility of benching him for Sapong or something. Um, Cause I think that would, that would upset locker room chemistry. I feel like, um, although, you know, we have a thing coming out later this week, I think about uh, how like maybe Sapong should, should start for a little bit anyway. Uh, right. So that, that, that'll be interesting to read, but right. um, I, I'm of the opinion that like, I think Nico Nico will figure it out, but I also think he needs to figure it out sooner rather than later. Yeah, you can't um, you can't I, miss those. I, I, yeah, absolutely. That, that, and I am uh, sympathetic to a situation. I understand. Like, I don't have kids of my own, but I understand that it's it's a challenge. It's a lot to deal with, and I I respect that. But yeah. also, man's gonna pay a lot of money to kick to kick a ball, and he better 
start Work kicking it instead Kick of it. instead of Kick whiffing. Good. Like that like I I think that was the most demoralizing thing. Like the fire had a really excellent build up and it was the Frank uh was it, it was was that Sapong or Katai who kicked that I can't remember, but put the ball like right on I his foot and he just it. he just Charlie Browned it. He just missed. Yeah. He, you know. I mean, I call it Kai Kamara-ing because of that infamous, you know, Kai Kamara whiffing the ball on the goal line and then hit knocking it in with his hand back when he played for Kansas City for the Kansas City Wizards on that baseball foot diamond. It was sad and bad. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he just totally Charlie Browned it, just tried, took a stab at it, went right under his foot, and he fell on his back. That's just what happened. So bad. That just what happened. And then, you know, he had a cup. He had another good look uh, in the first half that went just a little wide, just wide. Um, so he's he's definitely getting his opportunities. He's just you know got to start putting them away. I think once he gets one, they'll start coming in spades. He'll just start putting them away once he gets the first one. But the first one's always the hardest. Uh, For, yeah, no, I agree. What I think is going to happen is he's not going to score next week. He'll take the international break to kind of chill out and reset. And then I think soon after we come back, yeah. we'll get that goal. Maybe not that first game after we come back, but like within the first two or three games I think after the next international break, I think he'll sure. he'll break the ground. I think he'll get an assist next week. Uh, oh, yeah, that's Seattle, true. Like, uh, with the way the fire play, like he'll, you know, get a ball and like not have a look and then Mahalovic will run up behind him and he'll lay it off and Mahalovic will score or something, something like that'll happen. Yeah. You know? And like, great. Yeah. And in the meantime, I think Sapong's going to keep rolling. I think sure. he's going to, I think he's going to do a goal a game through, I mean, possibly until May. I think like, it's. Yeah, I think that's the hard part, though, because you got to play him, right? Yeah, you got to play him. Yeah. While he's playing like this, you got you, you got to ride your horses, and like if that means Katai is the odd one out, or Frankowski still has a little bit niggle on his his foot or whatever, and you know has to come off the bench again, fine. Um, but you you got to play CJ Spong right now. You got to find a way to to get him onto the pitch. Yeah, yeah. You can't not. You have to play him somewhere somehow. You can't, yeah. and you gotta start him. Like you can't bring him on the second half. Right. Like he's he's playing too good right now, and he's, yeah, yeah. Like you said, we gotta play him. Uh, Kevin Gaffney uh, writes in: What is the best way for the team to address left back? Uh, Edwards was great there for TFC, but he was more. But that was more of a wing back role, and there seems to be an international sp- international spot issues anyway. The second half, I have an answer because I stumbled uh, upon the 2019 fire roster page on MLSsoccer.com that I didn't know existed, mm-hmm. which lists the international spots. And the Fire are international spot roster compliant because Elliot Collier is uh, got um, sent. He's in Memphis. He's in Memphis. 
And Raheem Edwards is Canadian, which means he doesn't take up an international spot. Yep. Uh, and he's also on the unavailable list. So they have nine international roster spots and nine international roster players. So they're fine on international roster at the moment. Um, yep. So we don't have to worry about that unless it comes to like signing a new player, which is kind of an answer to that question, to be sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'd be fine with signing an American outside back. Yeah. You know, someone who knows the league. Sure. Um, I don't know where we could find one. I don't know who we could convince to sign with us, but that's an option, maybe? Uh, yeah. Uh, there's also the other option that I've been talking about for since before the season started, and that's not play any fullbacks. Three in the back. Three in the back. Always an option, especially on this roster when you can drop Bastion Schweinsteiger or play Grant Lillard or, you know, things of that nature. Crab Rangoon. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> and it, then if you need, yeah. like, if you need width, you can play wingbacks. You can bring on Hassler and Edwards to play as wingbacks. Yeah. And they'll be fine in that role. Sure. Speaking of Hassler, I thought he was fine. Yeah. I think he's good. Um, I think, you know, he should get more minutes. Yeah. I think, I don't know if he's good, but I think he's better than he, more comfortable now than he was at any time last year. Because last year I was sort of calling for his head. Um, but, you know, he looks comfortable. Hassler, the Hassler. Yes. Uh, so I, I feel like, uh, you know, it, it, I, I, I am backed off that opinion and I'm now in a, he seems to be doing well. Let's wait and see on, on Hassler. Uh, the next question, the third question we have, uh, from Kimberly, uh, Wawak is, do you see any defensive help coming? Who would play in place of Corrales? I think we answered that, and the international roster stats we also answered, uh, including what happened to the one we bought, which is the one that is being used for Bastian Schweinsteiger. Um, which makes sense because at the end of the year, that international spot goes away, and I think so does Bastian Schweinsteiger. So it makes sense to use that particular international spot on the uh, the uh, Bavarian legend. Um, so I think that is all of the questions answered and about all the time we have, uh, for this episode of the North Lot podcast quickly, uh, predictions for, uh, Saturday noontime. Uh, I hate this. Two one Sanders. And I'm going to make you do it anyway. I'm going for the, uh, one, one draw. Uh, I think, you know, the fire will get a goal and then Jordan Morris or Rudy is will score for Seattle and we'll go into the uh, international break. Oh, one and two or oh, two, one, depending on how you like to format these kinds of things. (laughs) We've talked about this. Yes, we have talked about this. We disagree on it vehemently. Yes, yes, we do. Anyway, that's it for the North Lot Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at the North at North Lot Pod, and you can send us an email 
at northlotpod at gmail.com. For uh, the notorious JBG, I'm Ruben <laughs> Tesh. We will see you next week. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>